Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester, arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com and now broadcasting at 1.30 p.m. Mondays on WUTY Unity Radio 102.9 FM. I'm Victor Infante, Entertainment Editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette, and I'm here with Entertainment Reporter Richard Duckett. Hi, Richard. Hello, Victor. Good to see you again. You well, you too. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about one of Worcester's favorite holidays, St. Patrick's Day. So... Uh, the big news, as the day we're recording this, is that the Worcester St. Patrick's Day Parade has been postponed. Yes, I can't uh, recall that happening. The parade's been going on here for uh, 37 years, but uh, it was scheduled for um, Sunday, March 10th. Um, and because of the weather forecast, I guess the city of Worcester... Um, uh, sort of uh, stepped in, and so the parade has been postponed until March 24th. I think um, on the 17th, a lot of potential participants will be at the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Boston, So, uh, which is a big one. Um, of course, Worcester's is big as well. It's the biggest parade in the city annually, I think. Um, I don't know what effect the uh, postponement will have on participation, but there are, I'm sure there'll be a lot of local bands or a lot of high school bands, um, police, fire department, marching bands. You've got the Worcester Kilty Band. So there'll be be pipes, drummers, lots of floats. I'm sure politicians won't won't skip it either. Well, and the thing is, Worcester has an enormous Irish community, as does Boston. Um, one that's been here for quite some time, as um, the whole Conan O'Brien mess <laughs> has de- has demonstrated. Um, but the um, I don't think they're going to let just being a few weeks away from St. Patrick's Day deter them. And I really don't think Worcester in general is one to turn turn down a good party. <laughs> No, no, and uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, the weather will probably be better on the 24th as well. So it'll be a nicer day for everybody. There we are. There we are. So what else do we have coming up to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? And hopefully we won't get jinxed by any of these. Yes, well, because of March 17th being the day that it is, there are always a lot of um, Celtic concerts and shows uh, around this time of year. In fact, um, a lot of Irish bands tour America this time of year um, because they have a a larger potential audience than they do back in Ireland. Indeed. It's funny. I remember living in England, and I've got an Irish family, And, yeah, St. Patrick's Day was sort of a non-issue back there. I mean, a little bit, but not not like we do here. No, well, in England, they don't even celebrate St. George's Day very much, which is uh, England's uh, patron saint. Um, Except the bank is closed. But, um, well, well, was it? I don't recall that. uh, I remember. (laughs) But uh, I don't think it was really a holiday at all. So, um, but... But St. Patrick's Day is a different kettle of fish in uh, especially Worcester because it has Irish population, Scottish population as well. Indeed. And speaking of uh, Celtic Scottish, we've got Natalie McMaster and Donald Leahy uh, coming to the Hanover Theatre on March 15th. Uh, Canadian husband and wife and champion fiddle players, uh, both 
Natalie McMaster is uh, from Cape Breton Island, uh, which has more of a Scottish Celtic fiddling uh, tradition. Uh, whereas, and don't ask me to tell the, tell you what the difference is, but uh, where uh, Donald Leahy um, comes from uh, Ontario as a member of the very well-known Leahy family of uh, fiddlers, and uh, his tradition is more Irish uh, fiddling. Um, together, I'm sure they'll be very explosive on the stage. They'll be step dancing. Uh, the couple have seven children, and I believe that some of the children will be on oh, the stage. Fun. Yeah, so um, so that, that concert uh, is presented by Music Worcester. And, and, and of course, your interview with Ms. McMaster's is in this week's um, Go section. And yeah, program, yeah. I talked to I talked to Natalie McMaster. She's um, she sounded in, in good voice. Excellent. <laughs> on the road, um, uh, she was out in California when I talked to her. So, oh. um, so she's she, she's got some traveling to do. Indeed. Um, and somebody else who's traveling around is uh, Derek Warfield. He's a veteran Irish. Uh, singer, songwriter, uh, historian. Uh, he's 75 now, but he's an original member of the Wolf Tones, who was sort of a legendary Irish band uh, in the 60s and 70s. Um, the name isn't really a musical name, Wolf Tone. Uh, the band is named after Theobald Wolf Tone, who was an Irish revolutionary who um, didn't meet with a happy end, I'm, I'm afraid oh, to dear. say. But anyway, um, the, the Wolf Tones sort of um, broke up or whatever you want to call it, and and um, Derek Warfield formed the Young Wolf Tones. And so Derek Warfield and the Young Wolf Tones will be at the Hibernian Cultural Center on March 14th. And there'll be a Worcester, there'll be a Worcester musician joining them, Brendan Keenan. Excellent. And of course, I'd like to just note, if you are a fan of Celtic music, um, the Hibernian Center actually has a good program year-round, so it's always worth checking out. Yeah, there's something going on every week, and I think they have um, sort of uh, sessions where people can just show up and play and to play together. Uh, so, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on there. And, you know, this is just a sampling of uh, some of the things that are going to be going on uh, over the next week or two. Uh, there's a lot more, of course, um, which you can check out in the calendar and uh, things like that. Um, but Derek Warfield's interesting. He's uh, done a lot of research on Irish-American songwriters of the American Civil War oh. and um, produced three CDs of uh, songs that uh, otherwise might have been lost forever. Oh, that's uh, so, fascinating. Yeah, so... Um, sort so, of an Alan Lomax sort of discovery sort of thing? Yeah, yeah he's, he's actually working on a fourth CD. Oh, wow. Me, so... Anyway, that story is going to run uh, on the uh, this coming Sunday, so Excellent. the tenth. So, um, so you can check that one out. Um, a more local uh, St. Patrick's celebration is going to be at the Apple Tree. Is going to be put on, I should say, by the Apple Tree Arts at um, at the uh, Great Hall in Grafton and. Uh, the name of the band, um, now if you have to forgive my Irish Celtic here, the name of the band is Banda Gan Aim. And if you're wondering what that means, it means a band with no name. <laughs> so, um, uh, but 
I think um, some people will recognize the names of these local musicians. They include Mike Ladd, Myra, Myra, Myra McLeod, Tim Loftus, Zoe Majid, Carolyn Patiski, Mary Kafanga, and John Gurton. And uh, these are all um, quite well-known local, local musicians. And uh, they're getting together um, to um, perform a Celtic concert that will include songs like Whiskey in the Jar, Fisherman's Blues, Galway Girl, and all those a good of, things. A lot of classics. Yeah. And, you know, that's an extraordinarily talented group of musicians. So yes. I, yeah. I, I, that's going to be a really exciting show. Right. Now, a show of a slightly different tone, speaking of tone, uh, I, I would suspect, will be on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day itself, when um, the, the choral group um, Diamonds from the Dust, a relatively new group of professional choral singers, puts on a program called When Irish Eyes Are Smiling. And uh, this will feature choral works from and about Ireland. And uh, the program looks very interesting. Um, there's one work is The Spring, which is a modern adaptation by Tarek O'Regan of uh, a Middle Irish narrative from the 12th or 13th century about warrior heroes who are centuries old who uh, show St. Patrick around Ireland and that, tell him uh, their stories. That sounds absolutely fascinating. I really, really am interested in that. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, they're going to perform an adaptation of Be Thou My Vision, which is a, a medieval Irish hymn. And then there'll be some traditional Irish uh, folk songs on the program as well. So that sounds like it'll be a fascinating and entertaining uh, concert. Definitely. That sounds like a real, really, really good time. And if you're looking for something very different, I think that's going to be an excellent choice. Right. And also on St. Patrick's Day, and here's something a little different, um, the Red Hot Chili Pipers <laughs> are going to be making a visit uh, to the Hanover Theatre, and um, they play bagpipe music and combine it with rock, and they're forging a genre called bag rock. So um, I, I love it. Now, I, 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 I've pointed this out before, but we've gotten in letters in the past and emails asking us to correct something because they we would have in the paper that the red hot chili pipers were coming and they thought it was the red hot chili peppers which is of course the Los Angeles based rock band that did get it away give it away and aerosmith aeroplane and under the bridge so this is a very different act i'm sure that if you request those songs they by now they've probably learned how to play them yes yeah oh yeah <laughs> and uh, they're, they're, they're they're very popular so Indeed. they're returning so um, oh, yeah, a lot of people a, like them that they've got a big following now here all right, so do we have anything else coming up, or does that about wrap us up? Well, as I said, that was just a sampling of things going on. There's a lot more, and um, but that gives you a bit of a look at what's going to be happening. All right, well, thank you very much. We'll be back with more in a moment, but right now we have a song by Worcester singer-songwriter James Keyes. This is To the Earth.
You have been listening to To the Earth by James Keyes. And now I just want to talk a little bit about St. Patrick's Day. I never wear green on St. Patrick's Day. It's not that I don't want to get into the spirit of the holiday. It's just that it always feels like a bit of a costume or, to be more precise, a costume of something I already am. And yeah, Infante doesn't sound like an Irish name. I get that a lot, especially when I was young. Back then, we didn't have the term microaggression to explain it, but it was hard not to take their meaning. I was being told I wasn't entitled to a big piece of my identity by people who had no business having an opinion on the subject. Ho, ho, what part of Ireland are the Infantes from? I used to explain that my mother's family hailed mostly from Ireland and my father's family from Italy. These days, if I bother acknowledging the comment at all, I just correct them that it's the Kings and the Carols, and they're from the town of Abbeyfield in County Limerick. My great-grandmother, Maggie Woomer, born Maggie King, came to the United States from Ireland at 19 years old in the early 20th century. I'm blessed to remember her well, a fierce, unflappable woman with a kind heart, the sort of grandmother you didn't cross. I loved her dearly and lament we never talked much about Ireland, which I was always fascinated by, and why she left. She never really talked about it, but the timing leaves little to the imagination. Ireland back then was plagued by violence and poverty, the things which have always pushed people to America. You can boil almost every American family immigration story down to that. When I was 20, I lived in England and visited Maggie's sister, Mary Carroll, in Abbeyfield, where she still lived. I took a ferry from Swansea, Wales, and arrived in Dunleary, a coastal town near Dublin, which in a lot of ways feels like any other coastal town. Still, there was something deeply affecting about stepping onto land there, a sort of rightness that I chalked up to sentimentality. 
The feeling only grew as I hitchhiked to Abbeyfield, which was clear on the other side of the country. Even back then, I wouldn't have hitchhiked in the U.S., and now I probably wouldn't do it there, but I was young, and there was something about the bright green hills and narrow roads as I crossed the country that was calling to me. Also, I was a college student and broke. I remember the sharp briskness of the autumn air, the intermittent rain and sunshine. I earned my way for part of the trip hauling bags of grain in a delivery truck, a feeling of unearned familiarity that grew with each mile traveled. Mary lived at the end of an interminably long country road in Abbeyfield. Periodically, I'd ask people I passed if they knew if I was headed in the right direction. I was. They all knew her. A few of them knew I was coming. It's a very small town. Mary greeted me kindly, if warily. No family had visited her from America, and most of her closer relatives had moved to Cork. She lived with her husband in a tiny house with no telephone save one that could only call emergency services. We ate ham and bread, drank tea, and talked about how my great-grandmother had always been a more adventurous sort, and she had been happy to stay. She was more interested in me and our relatives in America than she was in talking about herself. She didn't think she was interesting. She couldn't understand why I would traverse such a distance to see her and not even know what it was I wanted to ask. I only stayed a day, not wanting to impose. I traveled on to Galloway and then back to Dublin and home to England. We corresponded, but I was young and wrote infrequently. I regret that now. I only met her the once, but I felt an intense connection to her. I was heartbroken when she passed. A few years ago, I was talking to my friend Robert Carroll, a poet from Los Angeles, and I asked if he knew where in Ireland his family was from. He told me his family was Jewish, from Eastern Europe, and that their name had been Americanized when they immigrated here. America changed a lot of families when they came here, but they all came here nonetheless. We put a lot of stock in names, but in truth, they tell us very little. But the history behind those names, the travails that brought us here and what happened to us when we arrived, those mean everything. They're the lessons written in blood, the ones we should not forget. You have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. For more, read our arts and entertainment coverage in the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and online at telegram.com. Unity Radio broadcasts at WUTY Unity Radio 102.9 FM and streams online at unityradioma.org. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manu. Thanks. Thanks.